Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. You've probably read stories of athletes who engage in mental imagery as they drift off to sleep, whether it's a baseball player imagining themselves hitting or a diver rehearsing their competition dives. But you'll often hear discrepancies among their accounts of what and how they visualize. Some describe going over the same skill repeatedly to work out kinks in their form or technique, while others describe imagining a perfect performance, or playing out a realistic match complete with the inevitable ups and downs. The research suggests that visualization is indeed a valuable complement to physical practice, but what is the best way to do mental practice if your goal is to learn new repertoire and skills as efficiently and as effectively as possible? A team of French researchers recruited 71 participants to participate in a mental practice study. Everyone was asked to learn a task which involved moving their left index finger back and forth from a mouse to four colored keys on a computer keyboard according to a sequence of colors that appeared on the screen. It's a little bit like the classic electronic Simon game from the 1980s, except that instead of simply pushing the buttons in order, imagine that the buttons are tiny, surrounded by 97 other buttons, and you have to tap a mouse button between presses. Oh, and you're being tested on speed, too. Everyone started with a few practice trials until they could perform the task correctly two times in a row. Then they were given a set of real attempts to perform the task as quickly and as accurately as they could, which served as a baseline of their abilities. Next, the participants were given an opportunity to do some mental practice, where they were asked to imagine practicing the same button sequence without moving a muscle. They were told to imagine what the task physically feels like to perform, as well as to imagine seeing themselves performing the task. However, not all of the participants practiced in the same way. Previous research has shown that if your brain has to do more work when learning, you do appear to make less progress during practice, but when tested hours or days later, you see that you've actually retained more of what you've learned. Furthermore, there are indications that sleep plays an important role in learning through memory consolidation. So the researchers randomly assigned participants to one of five groups to see if these factors were relevant in mental practice as well as physical practice. One group, the control group, did no training at all and just read for 20 minutes, which was the amount of time that the other four groups spent doing mental practice. Two groups mentally practiced the same button sequence that they performed in the pretest, except that one of these groups did their pretest and visualization session at 8 p.m. in the evening, 
while the other group did their pretest and visualization session at 9 a.m. in the morning. The last two groups also practiced mentally the same button sequence that was used in the pretest, but they were given three additional button sequences to practice as well. As with the constant practice groups, one of these groups did their mental practice in the evening, this was the variable practice at night group, while the other did their mental practice in the morning. And which approach led to the biggest improvement in performance? Well, the groups were tested in three different ways to see how durable their learning gains were. The first test took place right after their mental practice session. The second test took place about 10 hours later to get a better sense of how much of their improvements would actually stick. And then a third test was given to see how effectively they could adapt to modified versions of the task on the fly. In this test, everyone was asked to perform a completely new finger sequence they had never seen. And to make it even more challenging, they were asked to press the buttons out of order. Instead of hitting the colored keys in the order that they appeared on the screen, they had to press the second color first, the fourth color next, and then the first color, and then the third color, all as quickly and as accurately as possible, of course. So when tested right after the mental practice session, all of the groups performed better than they did in the initial baseline test, even the group that just read magazines for 20 minutes instead of practicing. Which is actually not a big surprise, because the more times you perform a skill, the better you tend to do on that skill, right? So of course, the 10th repetition is going to go better than the first repetition. But a very different picture emerged on the retention test. When tested again after a delay, all of the groups regressed back to their original baseline level of performance except for one. Only the variable practice at night group's performance improvement stuck. The variable practice at night group was also the only group that showed performance improvements on the crazy out-of-sequence transfer task. Remember, the variable practice at night group was a group that mentally practiced not just the original sequence, but three additional randomly presented sequences as well, and then got a night of sleep before they were tested again. So what can we take away from all of this? We know from research on physical practice that there are certain ways of structuring practice that lead to the appearance of rapid skill acquisition in the moment, but where those rapid improvements actually fade away pretty quickly. An example would be blocked practice, where you do a bunch of repetitions of the same skill over and over. Conversely, there are other ways of practicing that slow down our rate of skill acquisition during practice, but lead to far less forgetting or skill decay from one practice session to the next, and ultimately, more durable learning. Like variable practice, where you practice the same skill in different ways, or interleaved practice, where you rotate between different passages or excerpts or pieces and return to them multiple times in the same practice session. In other words, there's what's called an acquisition-retention paradox with physical practice, where the faster or more easily you learn something, the faster and more easily you tend to forget it. This study suggests that the same might be true for mental practice as well, and that when variable and interleaved mental practice are combined with a night of sleep, you're not only able to better perform the skills you've mentally rehearsed, but new, related skills you've never practiced as well. So the next time your head hits the pillow at the end of the day, you might be able to give yourself a leg up on tomorrow's practice by taking a few moments to engage in some interleaved or variable mental practice, where instead of limiting your mini mental practice session to only a single passage, try rotating through several different passages a few times before zonking out for the night. It may feel a little more scattered in the moment, but today's study suggests that you'll wake up in the morning a tiny step ahead of where you would have been otherwise. 
You can find links to this week's study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com blog. If you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week. And if you'd like to explore this sort of thing in more depth, whether it be to get more out of your daily practice or to get better at managing performance pressure and shrinking that gap between what you can do in the practice room and what comes out on stage, you can learn more about the live and self-paced courses that are available at bulletproofmusician.com courses.